You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I hope you're all staying safe. It's a horrible period, so I appreciate you tuning in and I hope I can provide a half hour or so of a distraction. Anyway, today I have new Redskins running back J.D. McKissick. We talk about his evolution as a third down back, what he's doing now to stay ready, and some specific examples of where playing receiver in his past helps him now as a running back. I think he's an underrated signing. Then it's on to Chef Mel. I wanted to bring him on to discuss a few recipes, some Redskins players he's still trying to help, and there is one comfort food recipe he gave that I definitely want to try. And then it's me and my thoughts. Are the Redskins going to trade that second pick? I discuss, and I tell you who I still think they'll end up with. Don't forget to check out my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story this weekend on the loss of pro days and what it means for college players. And now, here's my conversation with new Redskins running back, J.D. McKissick. Now I'm joined by new Redskins running back, J.D. McKissick, a converted receiver from several years ago. So he's still relatively new as a running back, and that's why I think he's one of the more underrated signings Redskins have had this offseason because he seems like an ascending player. And J.D., First of all, thank you for joining me, but I'm curious from you, where do you feel you're at in your development as a running back? Um, I feel like my development as a running back has gotten um, way way much better. Um, just the improvement from um, being a receiver in Atlanta th- throughout the preseason and coming to Seattle um, at the end of that year and playing with those guys in the playoffs. And just being a receiver, I was always, when I get the ball, it was always to go as fast as possible. Um, and that's something I had to, to learn as a runner, that you had to be patient. You had to let your blockers, um, you had to let the block, you know, form up. And you had to let guys come off of double teams and get on to backers and trap blocks and however you got guys pulling. You had to be more patient. Um, and that's something that I think I worked on um, this past preseason or well, through that whole camp when I was in Seattle that's something that I think I did pretty good when I went to Detroit I was able to carry that over and I got more opportunities carrying the football in Detroit um and I was able to show that so I think my running back game has evolved um something that I can't forget that I was you know I was once a receiver and that's something I have to stay on top of well I want to talk to you about one game in particular because it's one of the games I went back after they signed you went back and watched last week, and it was the Oakland game last year because, to me, it showed a lot of what you could do. And I think I saw two things. One, do you look back at some of those runs that you had up the middle and your ability to set up the linebackers as part of that improved patience? Yeah, um, that, was, that was one of the games I got the opportunity to show it, man. I was right. excited about it. Um, I know it was, you know, just 
just letting the old lineman come off on one of the backs. It was a move I've been working on, just being able to pause and and drop on both feet and be able to move laterally left to right, you know, with ease and not really wasting any time. Um, that's something that I kind of, you know, I formed up, uh, something I do in walkthroughs and, you know, to be able to, like I said, to go laterally left and right. Um, but that Oakland game was a pretty good game for me to be able to show that I could uh, run routes as well. Um, and, and to run between the tackles. Um, I, I impressed myself that game. It wasn't the best game, but, you know, a guy like me don't really get that many carries to right. show that. So I think I did pretty good with, with um, the little opportunities I had. Well, and that's why I bring up that game, because you did, but there was like an eight-yard run, a 13-yard run, an 11-yard run. And they were, a lot of those runs came because your ability to pause, commit the linebacker, and cut back. When you try to be patient like that, I mean, how hard – and I want to get more on some of the receiving stuff in a second, but how hard is it to become, because it, how hard is it to become patient as a back? Because even though you talk about it, it's not easy to become that way. And what, what are some of the things that showed you that like, Oh, this is the benefit of that. Uh, I mean, it's extremely hard. Like I said, coming from a receiver, we was always, you know, catch the ball, the defense coming, uh, you got to get out of there. So that was something I had to, to form up, but as well, you just got to, you know, build that trust with the O-lineman. Um, unfortunately, when I was released by Seattle, I came straight to Detroit week one, and I really didn't have the opportunity to build that trust with the linemen. Um, so we had to really take practice reps very seriously, um, and that's what we did. So I think it comes with trust, man. And, and I was always told that, hey, you're so fast, you're so fast, you're so fast. Just be patient, be patient. You'll be able to get away from those guys. And, and that's what I started to do. I just trusted, and I, you know, I, I got in a, in a in the film room more, and I was able to, you know, just learn the game and let my my running back game evolve. Are there third down backs and guys like that that you study? I would what what I would usually do. I I won't say study, but when it came to watching film, I never would watch like a big running back. I never would watch the way the game going with him, how guys tackling him, how he's doing his, you know, things to, to make plays for his offense. I would usually watch a smaller guy. You know, I, I, it's no one that I really study at all, but I would just watch the smaller backs who are going up against the team that we are about to play. So did you ever, like, one of the guys you'll be replacing here would be a Chris Thompson, his role. Did you ever, when you guys played them last year, did you watch him at all? Um, no, I didn't, but I, I I definitely knew about him. I had friends that um had him on their fantasy. So I I, I know I, I didn't get to watch his game at all. Um, but I know he's a very good player, a very good ball player. He pretty he definitely real good at what he does. And, and then also for you again, going back to the Oakland game, there are a couple routes that I saw you run and I it didn't strike me as typical running back routes. One was you're in a stack formation at the goal or in the side of the five. And the way you press your, the leverage and, and create the opening by cutting out, I think it was a stack. You press inside. You get, I don't know if it was a linebacker on you on that one, but you get him to lead. I, 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 I remember. I remember. I don't know if, um, who the defender was, but, yeah, it was a stack. Uh, I forgot who the receiver was, but who I was stacked on. But, yeah, I just wanted to get on his toes, man, and break out, man. I actually think I got too close. Um, we had pressure on that play, and, we, and I wasn't able to put it in because staff had to get rid of it fast. Yeah, it was a little bit. A little bit wide, but that doesn't seem like a typical running back route. Well, in, in Bevel's system, he has what well, at the same time he had Danny Amadola do it too. So, I mean, it, he was just comfortable with me doing that, man. I just because you know, me playing receiver and able right. to move the way I do. 
And that's why that's why I think your advantage is because I also saw later in that game you catch a pass on a slant route that again most running backs aren't going to make that sort of a catch. So how do your receiver skills when you get out there wide and you're out in the set? How do those receiver skills help you? Uh, it helps me a lot because I know well some defensive backs would just you know don't even pay attention to the running back. Um, and that's and I would love for that to happen when the back when the defensive back come out there and don't even pay attention. You don't respect a running back routes. Um, that helps me. That gives me an advantage because those guys are that good. And if I can get any type of edge, I'm willing to take it that way. Um, but I mean, just being a receiver in college and, and then it, with the Atlanta Falcons, and when I was in Seattle, I would be with the receivers the whole time throughout the whole um, OTAs, phase one, phase two, phase three, mini camp. I'm with the receivers, and I would go with the running backs on certain days. So I was always able to stay up on my receiver route running and, you know, to be ready for those type of routes because curl routes are coming different. You got a corner route. You got deep balls. That's, that's usually an easy catch, but you got a curl route with someone on your back. Uh, you got an Omaha, you're breaking out. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to catch the ball from all different, um, all different positions on the field from coming down my stem or breaking out or doing a slant because it's, it's, not, it's not easy as people may think it is. Been, being on the right side or running the slant, catching it with your left hand more. Right than with your dominant hand. So, I mean, you just want to be comfortable, man. I think me playing receiver helped me out a lot to, to where I can be in those situations and in that position, and I can and, be trusted. And that's why I wanted to ask you about that. That's why I find you to be one of the more intriguing signs or maybe underrated, because I think there's a lot you can do. And also, the last one I want to ask you about in that game was, I think it was a touchdown catch you had against Oakland, where you go down the seam, but you turn inside and you press inside and I think it was a linebacker maybe on you, and then you cut back out and you create like 10 yards of a gap. And it was an easy catch after, easy play after that. But that seems to be another advantage that you'd have over most other running backs. Would you agree? Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think a lot of running backs can run routes though, man. But Oh, sure. Um, Some of it just seems different. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you on that too. I mean, you could be more, with, with the coach knowing the guy's background, he, he would – open the playbook up a little more just because you know what this guy can do and you can take advantage of a matchup. But um, just speaking on the route, I mean, I just wanted to make sure I got a free release. Um, get, got a free release, make sure I got outside of the defensive end um, because usually those guys will try to, you know, get you to stop your feet so that that linebacker could kind of get on top. Um, but I just wanted to push it vertical, um, get him to, to kind of watch me and bag up and don't let him make a move, kind of freeze his feet and break out on him and just be as, you know, precise and accurate as I could be for Stafford to see when I'm making that cut and hit me and get a touchdown. What's, where's your, where do you feel you're at in pass protection? Um, pass protection last year, man, in Detroit, I think I had an opportunity to show it a good little bit. I think I did a real good job. Um, just, just being a receiver, it was all new terminology for me, you know, to hear four down, four down to the wheel um, and all that type of stuff. And I think in Detroit, I finally had to, but I would, I would, I don't want to discredit Seattle neither because that last year in Seattle, when I got cut, it was all like I became a student of the game to where I was learning all that pretty good. And I was, you know, soaking it in pretty well to where when I went to Detroit, I was able to, to, to speak, a different different terminology with my running back coach. Um, Kyle Caskey did a pretty good job with, you know, 
installing that, you know, embedding that, embedding that into me to where I was able to learn it. Um, but it was all about me just having my center of gravity um, when it came to protection. I think I, I last year um, I was fortunate enough to not give up a sack, um, to not get the quarterback hit. Um, I think I did a pretty good job in pass protection. And that's why I asked you where you where, where I asked you earlier about where you felt you're at in your development as a third down back because do you feel like you're still an ascending player because of the stuff that you're still putting together? I I, I think I think I'm ready to be a third down back. I know a lot of coaches. Uh, well, <laughs> through my career, I haven't just been. Well, in, I, in 2017, I was the third down back actually. Um, I got more chances to be the third down back, but me and Mike Davis kind of shared it. But I know I would be in on certain plays that they wanted me to be in, and he would be in on certain plays they wanted him to be in. Um, but it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I think I could do it. Um, I know I could do it, but, I mean, it's all about what the team needs and who's the best at it. Um, but I think I could do it. But that's why I say it does seem like you're still improving at whatever you're doing in your new role. That's what, I guess that's my point. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm improving um, and just trying to get better at it every every chance I get, every opportunity. Um, but, I mean, ho hopefully I'm there now, you know. Right. And now switching gears to the topic of the day with this whole virus and everybody being shut down, how have you been handling this? What are you doing to stay, as, you know, to stay in shape? The crazy thing is this, this offseason um, has been going – pretty good with me as far as training but um with with the coronavirus getting serious down here in the south in my area and you know and guys shutting the city down and shutting places down to where only 10 people could be there um we, we were still training man but they shut it down to now i don't really have a place to live um because i really have been trying to get my strength up but right. and i don't and i can't really go on the field because it signs up and saying that you know, due to COVID-19, we can't have you guys out here. Um, so right now, me and my girlfriend just been running the neighborhood, man. We've been we finding hills. We, we did hills yesterday. Today we're going to work on our endurance, man. Just, you know, just trying to find a way. Just so your, girl, your girlfriend's doing that with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know it sounds kind of weak, but she's, a, she's no. an athlete herself. She's that's why I figure like, she must be if she's doing that. That's why I asked. What about, like, <laughs> How, you know, in terms of your strength, how are you keeping that up? Well, luckily what happened was the weight room just got shut down. And through this whole time I've been lifting. Um, but right now, man, I'm just going to have to start doing some push-ups. <laughs> yeah, old school. Old school, yeah. Are you concerned about being able to learn the playbook the way you need? Because it may be that you're doing all this, you know, through through Zoom or whatever. Are you concerned about that part of it? How do you... How do you approach that? Well, that's that's all about um, just wanting to do it, you know, just wanting to learn it. I'm I'm gonna have to put the time in if I can't be with our coach. Um, I've been in two different systems. Well, actually, Seattle system was definitely the same as um, Coach Bell when he left. Sure. But now that I, now that I'm a guy that's been in the league for a while, man, I, I got my my study habits. I got you know ways to go about with things, and I think I'll be able to you know learn it pretty easy. Are you? And if I have just questions, I, that's what my running back coach. And I appreciate. I just got a couple more things for you, and then I'll let you go here. But are you concerned? I think we're all sitting here wondering what's going to happen with the season. Are you concerned if there will even be a season? I mean, I know nobody knows for sure, but how do you? 
what do you feel about that? I'm not concerned because I think I think um, sooner or later um, everything will get better at time. I think we're doing a pretty good job with not spreading it. Um, but I'm not concerned, man. Um, I think basketball players and and guys whose sports are going on right now and coming up. I think we still have a pretty good you know space, a little gap. Um, but I, I, it may it may not be a, a off season. It may just be well. It may just be a training camp. You know, so. With us, um, so that's that's something to, to be concerned about. This training camp is, is full of gold. So right, well, that's what know. I mean. How do you that that means that you have to stay in shape now to get there? So you're in the because if you're not in shape when you get there, it's going to be really difficult, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, guys get injured uh, from not being in shape. You know, muscles not able to go for two hours, uh, however long practice may be. Um, and with the recovery time and how things going to be. Well, I know those guys going to do a great job, um, guys who's working on staff with strength and conditioning and all that as well. Um, just knowing that we probably wasn't able to get that same type of training here. But uh, no excuses, man. You just got to be ready for whatever, right. man. Um, I'm looking forward to it regardless of whenever it's going to come. You know, just got to be ready. I'm, I'm, look, JD, I'm looking forward to it too because it means we're back out there. Last thing, you did play the Redskins last year, so you got a sense of this team. What were some of your impressions from that game last season? Um, they found a way to win, man. Um, just, just watching because we, I think we were up a lot, uh, up for like the whole time that game. And when it came to them, you know, finding a way to win the game and get it done, they, they definitely did that. They had some. Defensive guys that stepped up, um, and, and that's that's mainly what I took out of it. Um, I, I really didn't get 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 the get the opportunity to play that much that game. Right. Um, I, I probably had like a couple plays, and that was it. Um, but I mean, just watching from the outside, what I could take from it, um, watching watching Washington is when it came down to winning the game, they did what it took and they got it done. You know, they had some players that stepped up and made some plays. And I, and I seen offensively, I seen a couple skilled guys that look pretty good. Like who? Maybe. Uh, it was I, I seen the kick return. I don't remember numbers, but it was Steven the kick Sims. Turn out that he house He he was close to taking it to the house yeah. a couple times. That's when I think he did Steven take Sims, one. Yeah. And it was and it was a receiver. Um, McLaurin. Who said he was battling with? Um, Terry McLaurin. And, and, yeah, I think yeah him. He he was he was pretty awesome. Um, and that, that was my that's that's all I could remember, man. Just being a skill guy and watching other skill guys and just remembering that. So yeah, because he gave he gave Derek Terry McLaurin had a pretty good battle against Darius Slay and did pretty well that game against him. And if you're doing that against Darius, it's pretty good. Absolutely, Darius a um, real good ball player. And I remember the cornerback who got me fined because his helmet came off. I got fined for that. On the oh, okay. How how much did that cost you? It was ten thousand yeah. dollars. Ten thousand. We got we got it down. We got it down. <laughs> well, JD, listen, I appreciate you joining me and taking out this time. And I know, like I said, I think you're gonna. I think people are gonna enjoy watching you because I, you know, it seems like you're a guy who's still getting thing. You know, who is at a point where you're ready to kind of take another step. And I'll be honest, man, I was watching when I after I watched him, like, why didn't Detroit do a little bit more with you? So maybe you're wondering the same thing. So um, but I appreciate you joining me and, and go back, stay safe, and I hope we see you soon. All right, man. I appreciate you, man. Stay clean. Thanks, you too.
After this break, I'll be back with Chef Mel, who will have you hungry for breakfast after his pancake recipe and find out some of the good things he's doing in the community during this time. Now I'm joined by Chef Mel. I want to go in a direction where we can bring not so much levity, but maybe something different to focus on than just the football season and then all the other non the other stuff going on. So I want to bring in Mel, some little food talk. And but first of all, Mel, I'm just curious, how are you doing throughout all this? Oh uh, man, just you know, just trying to survive like everybody else is, man. That's all. What's what how has your business changed because of this? Oh, it changed dramatically, man. But um, you know, you gotta just keep on going and just keep on being creative and just figuring out a plan on how to continue to to, you know, feed others and, you know, do what you can to, you know, to, to make it. And that's, that's obviously something everybody's trying to do. Are you, cause I know you do a lot of work with players. Are you still doing things with players? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, them guys, they, they, um, they actually depend on, you know, me to make some meals anyway. So they, uh, I do that and, and I'm, you know, make it for other people as well. And who are you still making stuff for with the, with the players? Um, just a just a few guys that that was in and out, but now since everybody just been uh, since this lockdown, haven't been nobody. <laughs> okay, that's what I what, I didn't know if you could do anything still, like even if dropping it off at their house or whatever. Yeah, I can still do that, but I kind of like I just kind of like right now I just fell back from doing anything for the moment. Um, I'll be back on soon. Um, cause got to get these guys ready for the season anyway. You know, for the right. you know, coming up. So these guys are they actually um they stand pretty healthy and and um watching what they eat and everything like that. And uh, that's, that's pretty good. I like that. Are you, are you are you staying in touch with them and suggesting things oh, that yeah. you're doing? Definitely. I talk to a few guys uh, daily and everything like that. Give them a call, check on them, make sure they're good. Who, who are the guys? Like, who are some of the guys you're staying in touch with? And are you giving them food tips or just checking in on them? Oh, checking on them. Like, uh, Landon Collins, always making sure he's, you know, he's doing good. Um, Ryan Anderson, all those guys, just checking on them. Uh, Jimmy Marlin, just make sure, you know, just making sure they all good. Everybody was on a meal plan, so they um, they sticking to it. That that's that's good to hear because this that's one of the things I wonder about is like you you know as someone who prepares those foods, did you get a little bit concerned that guys might get off their nutrition that you've kind of been helping them build? Uh, these guys are really I, I really like what I, what I see in these guys. They actually um really determined to keep their body in great shape and they uh watching what they eat and stuff like that and i really enjoy enjoyed um um really sticking to that to that diet okay well let's talk about some things is part of the reason why i want to get you on mel is because you tweeted out like i don't know if it was the pancakes or the french toast last week <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right what was that what was that dish man i just i just had some of that again man that's my that's my power meal for the breakfast i had a um it was my banana, blueberry, strawberry, uh, and pecan uh, pancakes with some uh, maple bourbon syrup and some uh, whipped cream. And I'm talking about that, and that maple bourbon really did it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, like, are you, how big are you on the breakfast foods? Because I have that, you, usually we see for you, we're seeing dinners and, you know, lunches or whatever. But the, that's I'm not really a big like, breakfast guy. I'm not a big breakfast guy. I like to try to get into it time to time. I'm not big on breakfast, but it's really important to have. Um, I'm really like just a lunch and dinner guy, 
But uh, breakfast, you know, I, I, if, I, if I'm up to it, if I feel it, I'm on, I'm on it. <laughs> and with, with, with the, with the pecans, with the pecans, are you cooking them within the pancakes or are you just putting them, or do you warm them up and put them on top? What do you do with them? I, just, I warm them up, like, you know, like warm them up for, for a couple of minutes and then I put them on top, just topping it all, everything off, topping the pancakes off. Dude, I gotta be honest, like, cause I, I love breakfast and I can't eat, like, I love those, the pancakes, French waffles, French toast, any of that. Can't eat a lot. I, I just made some blueberry, blueberry yeah. uh, cakes. I just made some blueberry pancakes, you know, so they, they was delicious. <laughs> those are always good. Do you, what do you do? Like, what do you, do you do anything special with you? Like, how do you make your pan? I mean, usually like we're getting it out of a box and doing that. How do you do it? You make, you make your own, you make your own batter. You know, just get your flour and everything, get all your batter, uh, different things together, your ingredients. And, you know, just to make, you can make a waffle, you make pancakes out of it. And um, you need some uh, bacon, bacon powder. And uh, I use uh, vanilla, vanilla um, extract. So I use that too. So I use different flavors, whatever like that. And then I also do cinnamon. I love cinnamon in, um, in my pancakes as well. Cause you it, put it, that within the mix? Yeah. Yeah, definitely you can put that in the mix. It's not gonna hurt it. It's gonna it's gonna be good. Cause you don't put too much in there. You just put like about a, a teaspoon in there. Right. Pretty good from there. So. Okay, so because that's why I say like we usually when I'm making pancakes, you know, you get the box mix, you put the water in, and do that, and I'll try to add some cinnamon there, and you put the you know whatever in there. But it, I just I would imagine that yours are a little bit better than what well, I. Gotta, just got to keep on, you know, just keep on trying, like, just to, to be creative and, and figure it out. It's all about, like, you know, down to the science of, like, how you want to make your uh, batter and everything like that, how you want to make things. You know, I just do stuff on top of my head. Like, I'm going to put it in until I make it work. If I make it uh, too watery, I got to add more, you know, flour to it or whatever. So, but things what, like So, what are the main ingredients that you're putting in there? Flour. <laughs> like flour, <laughs> baking powder. And baking powder. You definitely want that baking powder. Cool. Yep. What? Give me. I also want to get like, what's? Let's give one meal that people can kind of take for the rest of the day if they want to try it at home, and just kind of want to get their mind off things. What's a? What would be your? What? What would be a good comfort meal for you? Oh man, I got a few of them, man. Some uh. Some, some smothered chicken is, is one of them. Uh, some collard greens and mac and cheese. That's that's one of my go-to's. Some mashed potatoes too. Love some mashed potatoes. Okay, let's let's talk about the chicken then. What are you doing with the chicken? Oh, uh, you just smother now. You do the smothered chicken. You do that with uh, some flour, sauté the onions, and uh, you make it like a little gravy, and then you put it uh put it in the pan, and and, and cook it in the chicken. And it's oh man, John, it's amazing. It's well, a good southern. You can do a pork chop too. Oh pork yeah. Chop. Well, so are you taking are you taking the chicken? Are you are you um, searing it on the sides and putting it in there and then putting it in yeah, the oven? Yeah. How do you do yeah. that? So you sear the chicken and everything like that. You sear the chicken on both sides. You know, I I, I recommend using thighs. And, you know, I, I love thighs and legs. Oh, I'm uh, doing my chicken and stuff like that. Most people recommend uh, the white meat, but you get more flavor out of the thighs. Agreed. So. So are you but, uh, so you're doing that, and then are you putting in the oven at, with the with all that stuff? No, I cook it on the stove top. I cook. I cook on the stove top. And are you doing you're doing it within the gravy? Yep. Dude, you can put it in the oven too. The oven's gonna set set it off too. You can put it in the oven, 
But I mean, you could do both. You know, that's why I like about like different meals. You could do it on stovetop, or you could put it in the oven, whichever yeah. one you you know mess with. Yeah, that that's that's good. When are you are you making your own mac and cheese? Oh, of course, man. I use so oh, many. I know that. I knew that was a dumb question. Hey, I, <laughs> I don't use no craft. <laughs> I I know that was a dumb question. What do you What are you doing special for your mac and cheese? What do you do different? Oh uh, man, I just add like different different uh, cheeses to it. So you know, with mac and cheese, I've been playing with mac and cheese for so long. Just trying to like do different flavors of mac and cheese by just using different cheeses. Uh, I use uh, Parmesan in it. I use mozzarella. I use all different type of cheeses, man, that you could name of, and I enjoy it. Like I use like eight cheeses and and one mac and cheese, you know, mac and cheese fan. Really? And cream cheese, all that good stuff. You put all that in there, man. But see, the the the, the whole idea of it, John, is that you have to um, cook it down with with some butter. So you cook the cheese down. You want to melt all your cheese all in one in one pot. When you melt it down, you pour it all over your uh, your elbows. You know the you know right. your mac. So you, you pour it on there, and then you mix that baby in. And I'm talking about man, you got some cheese on top of cheese, man. That that's that's they're one of my favorite things is a Wisconsin beer cheese soup that I make in every off season because it's, there's multiple cheeses in there, so it's like it gives it that nice texture. But like yeah. that sounds next level. So you're sometimes putting eight different cheeses in there. Yeah, man, and I and I love it. I love it, man, because like and I season it, so I season my my um I season my macaroni as well. So I put like you know you can make it a little spicier, you can make it you know whatever season you want to put on there. But I season mine, and it comes out really good because you want to get that balance because you know you don't want it just cheesy and there's no flavor. So you want to like because the cheese could just take over the the whole flavor of the macaroni. So what you want to do is add some flavor to it as well. Hmm. Give us type identity as well. Yeah. Do you have a favorite flavor that you add? What's your what's your go to? I put salt pepper in there. I put like different seasons and I ain't gonna share my seasons. I put <laughs> <in there. laughs> you, but you but the point is if you like a season, you could put you could give it some heat in there too, right? Oh, you could definitely give it some heat in there. So you know you could use some, you know, some different uh heat to it, whatever heat that you you know prefer and your ingredients. But uh, like I said, I use certain certain ingredients that I really, you know, enjoy using in my mac and cheese. I try to, because I'm trying to do like, a, I'm trying to really get my mac and cheese like to the top. So I keep on practicing and keep on using different cheeses to see which one I'm going to stick with is going to be my go-to mac and cheese. So if I had to make mac and cheese for you or anyone, I want to have a go-to. And you want to make a few ones because, you know, they get expensive too. <laughs> yeah. So... so yeah. Man, you know, that, that, that sounds really good. Now I'm pretty hungry. So I'm going to have to make one of these things because I'm really hungry right now. Um, Got to make, make some mac and cheese and, and uh, put on uh, Tiger King or Ozark. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're, my wife and I are about ready to finish up Ozark. We've been trying to spread it out to make this last a little bit. And then I think, you know, Tiger King might be next for us. But we're, we're going to run out of, I don't know, it's impossible to run. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's possible to run out of shows, but you know, I, I just I, I, mean, I watch get... shows over and over again just to get more idea of the show and everything like that. I may miss them because sometimes I fall asleep on these shows. Well, I listen, Mel. I fall asleep most nights in front of it, and I tell my wife, I think I only missed five minutes. And the next morning, I get up so early, I go back and watch it, and I realize actually you missed about thirty minutes. So you know, um, <laughs> you know, 
Sometimes I make it up through it though. One night I made it up through a couple of episodes and I was okay. And then I'll fall asleep yeah. for 10 minutes and I'm up for the next three hours. So it's okay. But there's always gaps that you miss and that's driving me nuts. So, but listen, what, tell people where, tell people where they can find you and what they can still get from you. Oh man, they can get everything from me. They can find me on Instagram. Um, I am Chef Mel and they can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Mel at uh, 12 Tables. And you're still open for business. I'm always still open, John. I'm trying to, you know, like I said, I'm staying in there. I'm trying to feed everybody I can. I'm actually uh, about to, I'm actually going to the hospital to feed uh, George Washington Hospital. I mean, Georgetown University Hospital today, tonight. I'm going to be feeding feed people there. Yeah. I'm just trying to help some people at the same time, like, you know, at, at this particular time right now as well. You know, as much as I can to feed people that uh, need the meals and that I need to deliver to them. You know, I'm on the front line just trying to make it, make things work. Trying to keep the world safe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, keep well, myself safe too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hey, Mel, Mel, that's like, that's greatly appreciated. So anybody listening to you is going to be applauding you right now. So I, I appreciate that. And I'll say thank you from everybody who's listening. So, and I do, I, I always like talking to you. So I'm glad we could catch up a little bit now. And we'll get you back always, on soon to talk about some more recipes because I have a feeling we'll be needing things to do for a little while. Well, I know I need you to smoke me uh, uh, some uh, chicken too. Smoke me uh, <laughs> some bacon chicken. I definitely need that on the menu. So I need yeah. some things from you as well, John. So that that's that's one like we're gonna be doing that soon. I did ribs last week. We'll be doing. I'm gonna try and do some pork belly soon, um, and just trying to stay sane because that's like one of the few things hey, that. I've been yeah. overeating, man. I've been eating like, I don't know, man, I've been eating so much. I've been eating and drinking beers. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, like I'm trying to stay normal because, you know, like we're able to go out here and walk around. I can ride my bike so I can stay in shape and try not to change too much of my habits. But it's going to be hard, man, because you just think like, my, I, to be honest, I don't eat a lot of cookies all the time. And now I'm eating, I'm saying, well, well, there's a virus. I can have another cookie. Hey, look, same here. I, I've been ice cream. But, you know, the thing I've been doing is, you know, just trying to stay active, riding my bike, uh, right. some work, um, reading, just studying, just trying to, you know, just come up with a game plan on trying to take advantage of this situation and, and make uh, good out of it than make bad. It's That's a sad time now. And I just tell anybody out there, just hold your head and <clears throat> everything is going to, you know, just come back together. It's just a, a moment of right now that we got to just sit here and, and figure out things. And sometimes yeah. you got to sit down and just figure it all out. That's all. Yeah, and I'm with you. I'm like, I'm trying to find a way to turn this into a positive. I don't know what that is yet, but I just think that you have to try to do that. Yeah, that's all you got to do. But, you know, it takes, what, what it do is, you know, you can't just sit in a house. You got to go out and exercise um, yeah. a little bit differently. You know, eat clean at this time. You know, comfort food is going to take you out, though. You don't want to do too much comfort food too much. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is that time for it. But at the end of the day, you don't want to sit here and depend no. on that. You want to kind of balance it out. I do I do my comfort uh, food for a cheat day or something like that. Like, hey, I want to have it for the right. day and, and, and go from there. But other than that, I would, like, stay clean with some chicken and vegetables or fish and vegetables. Yep. yep. We're doing a lot of fresh vegetables, and it's hard because they only last so long. When you go to the store and you're trying not to go to the store that much, but you know, you still need that stuff. And you know, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, hopefully soon we can start growing our own and, and, and just have it available that way. But 
it's a challenge right now. So I appreciate you coming on and with a few tips and a, and a few thoughts here. So thanks a lot, Mel. Hey, thanks, huh? After this break, I'll be back with my thoughts, including potential trades of the number two pick. Welcome back. Now here are a few nuggets of information I think you need to know. Let's get to it. On the draft. For some reason, I was getting more questions on social media about the number two pick this past week. People worried that they're somehow definitely going to trade it or something. I have always told you two things with that number two pick. If they stay there, it's going to be Chase Young, but they have always been open to trading the pick. So the notion of that they're now warming to that idea, no. They've always been open to trading that pick. That doesn't mean they want to, but it does mean if someone comes along with a phenomenal haul, of course they'd consider trading back. How couldn't you? One person said if it was a New Orleans type of haul, as in the Ricky Williams trade, and if you don't know about that, Google's your friend. But that's the kind of thing we're talking about to get them to even consider what um, doing this move. But yes, of course, they've had discussions about what it would take to somehow, again, get them to consider the move. Um, and that's that's just it. Just consider it. Then to get it done, I don't know. I think there's so many factors still involved um, that I don't, I don't know. And that's why my money is still on them sitting at two and taking a certain player. I'll get to that in a minute. And while there's been some flirtation with quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, I've always believed that his durability would be concerning enough for them to pass, no pun intended, this isn't just about his hip. It's about the other injuries over the last couple of years at Alabama. I wonder about the impact of the loss of visits and, and getting to really work them out the way you want to, um, to see if that's going to make teams maybe not want him quite as much. Or I shouldn't say that. They're going to want him. But will they be as aggressive moving up to get him? That I don't know. And I think that's something to watch in the first round of this draft. Will teams be more aggressive going after guys without all this information? Or are they going to be a little bit more conservative with who they're selecting, etc.? I don't know the answer to that. It is something that I wonder about. And anyways, with Tua, again, I also worry about him avoiding NFL defenders. He has some wiggle to his game. He's got some escapability. But he's not Russell Wilson in terms of his ability to avoid guys. And I wonder about that. Will that lead to future issues? I think these are things that all teams are going to look at when it comes to Tua. Obviously a very talented kid. I don't think they just flirted with him to create a smokescreen, but I do believe that was part of it. Why? Because they were they wanted to see if people would trade up for the pick. Again, they've always been open to that. And again, in other words, they're open to it. When you're coming off a 3-13 and year and you haven't won a playoff game in forever, then you owe it to your organization and your fans to look at every angle in an effort to improve. If it, even if it means taking a quarterback, you do it. If, it. if it's Chase Young, you do it. If it's trading back, you do it. Number two. But my money remains on them staying at two and drafting Chase Young. Sure, it could happen differently, but there's no way to know now what trade package they'd receive. And they would have to be comfortable with whoever might be available at, say, five and maybe 18 and whatever other pick they'd get. It would be about passing up an elite talent in, in Young for a package of possible of starters. But as I've told you for a while, they do not feel they have to get all that they need right now. Free agency hasn't changed that thinking. Take the best situation. Right now, for me, that remains Chase Young. And I do believe it remains that for them as well. 
Number three, I know there was some talk about Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. I did talk to some people about him in the league. I have talked to a lot of people, but some people in the league, because I don't always want to just get Redskins opinions. But I do think he's a much better fit in a 43 than he'd be in a 34. But I also think some still wonder about him. While he can do a lot, will he be elite in any area? I think that's the question teams must ask themselves. I think some teams will say yes because they love the versatility. And I definitely think some teams will say no. While they like him a lot and he could be top five top five pick, I don't think that when you're comparing him to Chase Young that you're going to look at them in the same category. I don't believe so. Some people might, but I, you know, certainly not all people, the people I've talked to would look at it that way. Number four, I know there's been some chatter about Ruben Foster lately, and I have said and will continue to say they don't know yet exactly when he'd be ready to be on the field. Part of that is the whole thing we're under right now with the virus and the facility being closed. I'd say that they have hope for him for training camp. They're hopeful about that, but they can't say that for sure yet. They just don't know. He has been running, and guys who have seen him run say he's looked good or you know running pretty well. But we're still talking about nerve damage, and as we've seen here lately, that's unpredictable. There's not much they can really do to speed up that process, so it's just going to take some time. So again, they don't know. They have hope. But until they get them out there, I think there's always going to be the don't know yet. Um, In next week's podcast, I want to talk more about Foster and the defensive versatility the Redskins have based on who they have signed this offseason. It includes linebackers, includes the secondary. I think it's important and could be very beneficial. My God, folks, I hope we have a season to see all this unfold. Finally, I don't think there's a whole lot new with Trent Williams. The sense I get is that if something happens, it'll probably be closer to the draft or maybe even during it. There doesn't seem to be a real sense of urgency on anyone's side other than Trent's. The Skins aren't going to budge on their second-round value compensation desire, and other teams aren't willing to pay that yet because they don't really have to. So we wait. And that's it for this week. Thank you very much to running back J.D. McKissick for joining me and to the Redskins for lining that up. I give their public relations staff a lot of props for lining up a bunch of interviews during the week, conference calls, etc., and for getting us McKissick. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. Thank you to Chef Mel for joining me and, and for helping out the community in this time of need. Thank you for listening. Stay indoors and stay safe, folks. Please stay safe. Talk to you next time.